Hi, I'm Cornell. I'm Glenroy. And I'm Kareem. And welcome to the Fish Thief Podcast, where three hair whipping, heel strutting Jamaican queens talk about LGBTQ politics, pop culture, growing up in the Caribbean, life in the diaspora, and the work it takes to sustain love, life, and laughter in the midst of all the white noise. We're giving you everything, honey. Get into this mug. We're serving you a hot cup of fish tea. Bottoms, bottoms up. up. <laughs> I tell you, it helps. <laughs> well, it helps. <laughs> so, so, my friends in COVID, how, what is, what would we not do? <laughs> uh, well, I... I don't know if I mentioned, but I'm teaching a summer course. So that's the thing that's taking up time. I also started this online Spanish course um, this past week, which has been, which has been, was actually pretty fun. I might have, I don't know if I mentioned, but I'm trying to relearn Spanish and stuff and French eventually. I'm trying to be that whole El multilingual. Blanco. Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> Blanco indeed. Um, <laughs> me gusta... Pollo frito. <laughs> yeah. I don't know how to say oxtail and and whatever, but uh, yeah, it's it's nice to have something set in a schedule that I need to do and um, people to practice with, and the instructor is really nice. Apart from that, I recently started watching um, Hoarders for some reason. And I am just baffled at the conditions people allow themselves to live in. And like the amount of, I don't know, I don't know. I was watching an episode the other day where it said that they took out 160 tons of garbage from their house. And I cannot wrap my head around how one even begins to accumulate 160 tons of garbage. So now I'm... You just don't own a garbage bag. Apparently, uh, how big does that place have to? Be? I mean, unless I be a care engine and mechanic, but like, how big? Does it... <laughs> no, it's it's um, it's like regular, you know, American bungalows. And but but the thing is, like, you can't like people aren't sleeping on their beds at this point in time, right? They're sleeping on garbage, and people have to like be stepping over garbage, and like garbage fills up the the walls, and it's densely packed, but. Anyway, I was saying to someone last night that I feel like I need to Marie Kondo my life now to make sure I don't fall into that trap. So who knows? I might be getting rid of some stuff. I did that with um, clothes the other day. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for what you've done for me. Now you can go be a blessing to somebody else. <laughs> I was literally like hugging jeans that I haven't worn in years. I don't even like anymore. I'm just like... Thank you for what you've done for me. Thank you for the value that you added to my life. Now go add value to someone else's. I mean, that's the thing, right? Like, there are things I have, more so shoes that I haven't worn in years, but I haven't thrown them away because there's nothing wrong with them, but I don't wear them anymore. So I'm trying right. to figure out how to, like, well, what, what do I do? I, so I'm, I, I guess I guess think I'm, what I'll try to do eventually is you donate the ch- them. Yeah. yeah, but, yeah, because, I mean, I also don't want to be one of those people who's, things end up owning them in the end or owning me in the end are there you know so yeah anyway what about y'all what have you been up to well a bitch has been sick uh <laughs> it's not the rona so i'm gonna clarify because you know they can't see kind of these times where people wondering it was a rona i was having oh, a stomach issue and for my friends who asked no i'm not pregnant either <laughs> <laughs> um but suffice to say I want to really thank both my mother, who sent soup, who sent coconut water, and Christy, who was in charge of my... So I said Dr. Christy and Nurse Jackie, <laughs> because <laughs> we them together to ensure I kind of got out of my funk. So yeah, it was a very difficult time. And so, I mean, it bothered me because I had like a really full schedule at work, and I didn't get anything done. It, mm. uh, and I was trying to push through, but child, I could only like... Like near the end of the week, like Thursday, I was getting better, slowly getting better, so I could like answer a few emails and stuff like that. But, but I came out of that process with this renewed kind of feeling of I am off men. Men are not all one lead to the other, but I am. Or let me not say. This is a correlation. 
Well, I think I don't know. It's just I felt like I don't need to be bothered by them and their BS right now. So I mean, not even I talk about just like relationships. All the sex like them can't that can't stay to, which is weird for me. Can't not say. I mean, I really conflict it too, so we could have one without the other all the time. No, no issue, no problem. But I just like I can't even. I don't even bother one deal with them and that right now. So yeah. So I'm just feel good, love and light. I'm going to look for my mother after this because I have not seen her. And I didn't get to see her for Mother's Day because she did go on a frolic of her own. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm going to go look for her after this. But yeah, that, that's where I'm at. I'm just going to kind of excited to get back to my work life since I've missed so much. The one thing I was proud of, though, because the day when things should hit the fan, I had a class and I still taught my class even though I was half dying. This never extend further. So that was that. But yeah, it was a harrowing week, but I made it through. Thank you, Christy. Thank you, Mommy. And thank you to all of my friends um, who constantly checked up on me, especially like Rain and Javion and Suel. Everybody, they really checked up on me sure I was all right. Big up on a nice clean sir, because without Glenrad, there's no fish tea. Without <laughs> any of us. The fish tea trio would not be complete. <laughs> I mean, so what did I do this week? I didn't do much this week. I was just at a, like, fuck it stage. I submitted grades after last week, and I was just like, look, before I bogged down myself with anything else, I'm going to just give myself some time to, to lounge a bit. But I do have, like, this renewed sense of purpose that starting tomorrow I'll be able to do all these dissertation stuff I did turn down a teaching gig for the summer because I really needed to I just I don't know I feel like I need to get my shit together and teaching is going to be a distraction as much as I might need like the extra cash or whatever I was like look I'll figure it out I did have a very interesting start to my day though like at six something in the morning my friend's husband which is also my friend kind of like just showed up at my house and he was like visibly high on some shit. So that kind of like freaked me out. Yeah. And it was like, we ended up having to take him to the hospital cause I don't know, it was just weird. And I was like, it's too early for that. So <laughs> my husband rolled over, he looked at me, he was like, well, good morning to you too. <laughs> cause like, like, what do you do with that? Like he was just in here. He kept thinking stuff was on him. It was just a weird, like I'm not accustomed to that. And so it was a, a weird, start to the morning and I was okay. like this can't be a Sunday it's too festive for a Sunday you know I'm glad to you somebody like you angry but clearly have the patience and morning time but as all of my friends them know say me don't have the patience and morning time <laughs> always try message me after 8 o'clock and then they <laughs> lightly coming up I don't have the time for nothing enough argue, unnecessary argument me get into a morning mm. time and then my friends just have to say oh wait sorry me message you later. right <laughs> First of all, they come in my place. I shiver, shiver, my lick with something, and then carry out what we need to carry out. And it, was just, it was a lot, like because my mom, she didn't like. She just let him in because at first she thought it was my dad because normally he stops by before going to work. Blah blah blah. So she thought it was my dad. She opened the door. She realized it wasn't him, and he was just like, "Oh, it's Kareem home." Da, da, da. I'm asleep. I wake up. My shower is running. All this shit. I'm like, oh, he's like, "Oh, you have a change of clothes." I was like, "What?" What's going on right now? Like oh. how? Like wait a wait a minute, bitch! Like what kind of? Anyways, um, we left him in the hands of the professionals because Lord knows I. When when he is come to make a call, he got explaining to do. Hello, hello. Yeah. I told the wife like, look, keep me posted because this is this is where I draw the line. Like we we don't we don't we don't do that over here. And she was just like so visibly upset and just so over it. And I'm just like, baby, you a better woman than me. Cause ooh. Uh, I tell her all the time, I say, you a better woman than me, baby. Cause I can't do it. So wait, you said it was your friend's husband. So why didn't she go to your friend? Well, apparently they had an argument. Girl, I wanted to mix up. He'd been missing for five <laughs> days. She put him all chicken and I live like almost like down the street from them, so <laughs> we had the next best option, I guess. Wow. After the rendezvous, them done and all of the wallipot, whatever excitement thing that create and I keep up with, I just land and just show off my Sunday morning. 
Sure. So that's why, and that's why I only get the text them from Mr. Earl the man because I made it up. Right, because after some after six glenry time, well, whatever. My 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 my, my, my um, rationale for it was like it gives them time to process it when they get up. <laughs> I mean, actually, so since I've moved, I've been waking up at six. Really. Yeah, and sometimes I think the most the latest I wake up is seven, mm. but my bio clock generally is six, um, so I wake up at six period, but um, it it's it shifted because I'd have been going to bed later or whatever, but I generally wake up at six, so I was like, oh, okay, that's what we're doing now. We're being proactive, okay? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, my wake-up time is generally around noonish these days, but I'm okay with that because let's be real, where do I have to go? Yeah. I did have a quick question, though, actually. So you were talking about something, you were talking about school, and then Karim was talking about teaching, and it reminded me of, of something I forgot to mention. And I wanted to ask if, has your, in like, what has your institution been seeing around, like, what fall classes or September classes, I guess, Growing. are going to look like. I know most people are thinking it's likely going to be online or partially online. But one of the things that happened this past week, the university sent out this email basically asking grad students to fill out this form explaining to the university or its administration how... COVID-19 has affected our lives to prove whether or not we are worthy of extra financial support. And I just think that is some next shit. And I guess I was curious if other institutions are responding in the same way. Well, you we put out some the other day so they cut a good amount of them staff as a result of COVID. So I don't know if I'm tutoring next semester oh. <laughs> it's a good thing this was my side hustle i just yeah. get coins on the side so i don't know but then you has never really been the kind of institution that was the caring kind well i mean they've already started to hint at the fact that classes might be remote in the fall because they've already closed through august and because i guess this is still going on they're saying that classes might might be remote in the fall. There were a couple of hiring freezes. I was worried about like my fourth year funding, but they kind of managed to kind of pull it through because they started before all of this. So it wasn't really affected by the hiring freeze. It is kind of a weird package though. Like they expect us to work a thousand hours and they're starting us earlier, but they're expecting us to possibly go until like June, July again. So I have to start working in July as for this fourth year funding, as opposed to just starting September. And it's more like restrictions on the hours. You really have to clock your hours now, whereas it was just like, this money was already yours and we'll pay it to you bi-weekly. Just do what we ask you to do. So I think because of, and, and now we're not even working for professors, we're working for different departments. I guess to help with, I don't know, with the hiring that they were going to do. That sounds like a lot. Pray my strength is all I'm going to have to say. Okay, just curious. Okay. So what are we doing today? Oh, girls, we are talking about... We're talking about Batilingo, <laughs> right? <laughs> Some of those key phrases and words and what else? Whatever it is that is unique to the queer community or originated within the queer community or became popular in the queer community. That's what we're doing. We're just going through the list. And so um, I'd like to say school is in session for those who did not know. Um, for those who, <laughs> who know and think we might be wrong, don't be scared to check us. That's okay. But I think it would be a fun episode just to kind of talk about some of those, something like to just talk about some of those words. And if we know the origin of some of them, I don't know the origin of any of them, but. Sure. <laughs> I know snow it helped me come into my queerness and it just adds a little flavor when I you know when I'm when I'm speaking and I'm able to to use such phrases and words. Mm-hmm. Oh, oh, you know, something just came in my head as you talked about origin. Uh, and I guess it's just one of those words. We use the word child. I don't know that if that's new or old. Mm. 
but we use the word child as a substitute for community member a lot. Right, the like child. The child. Eh? Mm-hmm. And I'm wondering if it's any, if it's connected to kind of the kind of New York ballroom reference to the children. Mm. I was thinking about that when you said it, yeah. I'm just, I'm just wondering if there's any connection there. But yeah, that's, that's, that's one of those things that actually almost got me in trouble once. Because in, in my, I know not real trouble. <laughs> in, <laughs> me use child all the time. Me, me use it punctuate every sentence. Like, child, ooh, child, child, child. Right? And I was, I don't know who I said talking to, but the will say talking to. There's one nigga, and I would just say it, and he'd get mad, like, oh, I'm an adult. I was like, well, obviously. <laughs> <laughs> I would hope so. <laughs> <laughs> And then he's like, oh, and, and, and he, he realized it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a word to say gay. So I said, and? So, yeah, I, are you not gay? <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. I mean, I don't know if it was an intentional kind of connection. I'm more, I guess I'm wondering if it comes from a general, like, I don't know, this black thing where in order to, I don't know, uh, convey affection or kinship in particular way, those are terms that we default mm. to. Because I mean, I feel like we use words like cis even, or we call people brothers, or like even some men we might, you know, we might regard as maternal figures in night or paternal, maternal, whichever. So I feel like there's... I, there's like a baseline level of understanding or expanding kinship in black communities maybe and then maybe child slash children is maybe just like one way of how that shows up in different forms mm-hmm. i don't know yeah that is an interesting kind of connection though yeah but i think mm-hmm. a lot of what we said i feel like originates in the ballroom scene right because even Things like serve, and I could imagine yes and queen being, but um, I can imagine like all of them being originated in, in the ballroom culture. What I'm curious is, is to see like, or to learn is how did the ones that are unique to Jamaica origin, like, uh, I mean, some of them you could tell, okay, have sign of like a, you could trace them back to the ballroom scene, yes, but in Jamaica where the ballroom scene isn't necessarily so active, right? It's not like where did these things origin? A lot of them is you know it's code. We know them as code for because when we use breasts, for example, right? When I used to breasts. I I was looking for literal breasts because my friend I'm like in breast biggie. I'm like what what breasts? And so <laughs> breasts the breasts. And he wouldn't say and, and he wouldn't say him. He said the breasts. And I said the breasts are our breasts biggie. And yeah. then like because we were walking in half or two, I could remember our breasts biggie upon the breasts upon the breasts. And that means yellow on the, the, the sweatpants, right? The bulge, the, yes. the prints. <laughs> like, I'm not familiar it? with this one. This is really? Yeah. Girl of It's kind of an old term. It's a very old queen term because we don't, a lot of people don't use it as much. But yeah, it's, it's one of those things. It was one of those ways to kind of talk about a man, but use woman parts so it never looked no way. They say our breast big. Our the breast big. I love that. Yeah. But I mean, to be fair, I mean, they've, they've been Jamaicans who kind of have been in the ballroom scene and we're, we're, we're good in name now. Can't remember the girl's name. She died every party. Her <laughs> name will come back to me. But yeah, she's like, she, she has that kind of ball, ballroom experience. You know, she, she brings that element when she comes to the parties and stuff like that. Can't remember. Gaza. Yeah, that's your name, Gaza. She brings that element when she comes comes to the party. So there has been that transference, but like, but as you as you rightly say, I think, I mean, I found that there are these there are similarities in kind of the experiences of I mean the the people in the New York ballroom scene and people in Jamaica who in 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 different ways kind of exist on simi- exist at similar margins though different sociocultural context. So I could see how they, they could be coming up with words and similar words 
to kind of navigate experiences. Yeah, I mean, I don't want to over just overestimate, I guess, the impact that the New York scene. I mean, I'm sure. I mean, yes, for the sake of you know North American influence on the world generally, some stuff we would have liked to pick up from the American context. But I still feel like there are things that are produced out of the Jamaican context that have nothing necessarily to do with that. I don't know if this is a fair comparison, but like Kareem was talking about the Yas example, but I'm thinking of how, and I don't know if this is a Jamaican thing or a Caribbean thing, but even when Kareem would be on the phone or when talking to, to Glenroy and the two of you are like, yes, my love. Yeah, I'm like, I feel like that isn't, I feel like that is a, a thing. <laughs> that is like oh yes, <laughs> yeah I, I, I don't i don't i don't think i've heard american or canadian or like whatever people like talking like that you know i mean they i mean they won't sound like us but i think not those words but it's just those same kind of inflections and like you said those kind of affectionate words it's just that when we're having a kiki, you get the right tone and the right. You're spilling tea, so you get mixed up, so I have to look at infliction them and so. Right. Um, but I think it, there are those there, there are those things that you know the girls sit and the girls are having a kiki and them and say, oh my yes, girl, and you know, but it's just it come it just sound different because yeah, Jamaican accent. So I know when I'm talking to like the Jamaican queens or the girls them. I use yes, my love, like yes, my love. But when I'm, like when I'm trying to convey that same sentiment and I'm talking to like black American queer people, I, I, I use yes, honey. So I don't know if that's like the same or similar. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I mean, it's similar. It's, it's, it's but just a different black people, right. are black people, you know, if it's one thing I learned, black people are black people. <laughs> I don't know what it is. There's this central, there's a central thing in how, I, I, I mean, I don't want to essentialize, but I think there's a central thing in how all black people operate in, in um, across the world. It just comes out differently, and I think that's why even even when you're in a different place or you're in a different society, you can you it's so it's still easy to find kinship in people from Zimbabwe or or, or Ethiopia or random black countries um random majority black countries because there's there, there are these similarities and we can find those similarities in how our mothers are whether it is they're overprotective or quite domineering how we party like you can see black people are enjoying afrobeats because you know as black people you just know that it's a it's specific to a certain you know location so i feel like there are those similarities and you can and you'll be able to find that kinship even if the culture is distant from you and america which for for jamaica that's closer so we're familiar with um american culture to an extent but then african culture in a way will still kind of feel closer to home mm-hmm. but that's just one of my theories so there's there's a central blackness that runs across and i think it comes out in the language mm-hmm. yeah one of the things I, one of the first kind of like code words I heard was if someone said like, if you were a member of the family and then sometime after I heard people using, I don't know if this is as popular actually, but like if you were a part of the choir or something. Oh yeah, <laughs> if you sing from the choir. <laughs> and I, that's, a, that's such a, yeah, I wonder where that came from. I've never heard that, but then again, you know, the choir always. Right. So, I mean, <laughs> I think that's kind of like the, from the stereotype that queer, feminine men are like heavily, like heavily participate in the church. So they are the musicians or they sing on the choir. Well, those are usually the spaces that they occupy. So it's usually, I've, I've been asked that before. So you sing from the choir? And somebody, <laughs> I remember one time somebody, like, somebody was asking, without knowing that I was there, so Karim sing from the choir. And somebody said, last me love, Karim the choir mistress. <laughs> <laughs> they only pass a question there. <laughs> <laughs> they can do. Somebody yeah, said, she had a choir mistress, but love, she directed the choir. <laughs> and it was so funny, because I was also like the, the, the lead for my <laughs> choir at church. I was like, oh, that's funny. The choir one, though. Um, but the family one, I, I have heard. 
And I also kind of, based on my experience as well, I think that's also an older term because I don't hear it as much now. Although, I guess the utility of those kinds of terms, or at least those kind of codes, may have faded as the kids, you know, the kids these days. They don't need no codes. Everybody mm. has to everybody everybody, has, yeah. everybody has their favorite letter in the alphabet and, and I come out. So um everybody yeah. has a language and that's good. Because I remember a family walking through um what's the place called? Emancipation Park. And you know that ledge, allegedly, if you sit on a ledge there, closer to the housing trust, then you know them say I just said about my name gather. And I remember walking with some friends. I don't think Cornell was there. It probably had been like me, Jeremy, and Javon. And all you hear was family. <laughs> <laughs> family. <laughs> or somebody just gave out, the wall out with your family, my love. <laughs> <laughs> oh, gosh. I'm One thing, but we, you know, always find a way. But going back to the point of like similar words across experiences, realness in ballroom means a specific thing mm -hmm. but surely i always talk about like being real here okay. is quite similar even though realness kind of does mean femininity and uh, and you know passing passing in the mm -hmm. trans context and but also in jamaica it, it basically mean that too you know, well I mean the feminine it mean more so the feminine or just the visibly queer you're the visibly queer right mm -hmm. But I like really like Bobbin though. We really like Bobbin. I really like Christ. <laughs> <laughs> really like Christ. The, the one that I was exposed to, and it's funny because I met when I met like a, a like an older Jamaican gay man here, the saying when I said when I said when I made reference to being real, his saying was real shereal, not a cotton real. <laughs> and I was like, what? And I was like, oh, it's a distinction between being real and she's not a cotton. And I don't mean she's a cotton real or whatever the case may be. That's how I, just, I understood it. But oh. I guess that was like the older, the older take on mm. the, the term real. Real, surreal, not a cotton real. I have a question. Come if you like say, oh, you said Jesus Christ is a giveaway. If you like say it's eternity, not one word, you said that's Christ. That's <laughs> Christ. Yes, bro. Oh, you're the only one, but so people. Yes. <laughs> you're, too, you're too close for comfort. <laughs> yeah, 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 because we, you know, all of them just say, Jesus. But these days, I'm Jesus Christ. <laughs> <laughs> that, oh, yes, yeah, so Jesus Christ is critical. Very, very critical. Boy, well, I mean, I think intonation is so much a part of it, right? Like, because I think the... The, 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 I don't know, maybe this is a stereotype, but like the way queer men talk, there's a bit more, what is it, dynamic? Like, I like. yeah, like the, like the pitch, um, the delivery is quite different and more emotive, I would say. Mm -hmm. So it's not going to be, you, you, you're not going to be like sus cries. You're going to be, you know, you have to do the, okay, no one can see me doing this, but <laughs> <laughs> you have, it, like it's a whole body thing, you know? Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Talk with the whole IO. Yeah. Um, <laughs> the whole experience. Precisely. <laughs> which is why every no which is why we did after by the way, I'm sorry, let's bring this up. We didn't watch Batman's funeral when Keep Fisher Bay. Please. Uh -oh. After after we recorded last after we recorded last week, I was yes, I was among the thousands. <laughs> <laughs> Who had to join and rejoin because never cash up, cash up. <laughs> So, to, so, so I don't know. He posts his cash app when he goes live, Cornell, and he has this thing where he goes, Cash up, cash up. In the middle and I guess that's his call for asking people to send him money via cash up. Mm -hmm. um, I'm sorry, I'm gonna have to find a way to work that into my everyday conversation. <laughs> <laughs> cash up, cash up. I think, like, or, or um, move around. I've been using move around every day. <laughs> So he's been like so when nobody was I guess when he was th throughout the funeral and these people are faithful or they just, they just love the excitement because every time he would yell cash up if his phone wasn't going off he would end the live so I remember afterwards he was just like you know what 
funeral done, funeral done, because nobody now cash up, my cash up now go off. And then he came back on. As soon as he came back on, boom, 3,000, 4,000 people. I'm like, dick. Wow. What did he need to see what happened with the... Never plug away in them. And then they actually went to... Not a river. Yeah, he, so... Apparently the cemetery was closed because it was after six o'clock. The cemetery locks over for about the body. And oh, they drove around that alcohol, sprayed alcohol. It was like a fish, right? The fish. Dressed up in a marina. Like, yeah, I remember the marina. marina. Oh my god. A box in a shoe box to be the casket. So it's allegedly Shibada, right? It's my very Shibada. The cemetery closed and end up spray alcohol upon the something, catch it a fire, and then throw it over another river. And then oh run across the road to see if it run under the. Under. <laughs> it was just the, the antics, just the antics. No, no. There's a and, and they say when they might cuss each other, they have this cadence. Mm. Like and, and I feel like if you're not in it, you will never catch that cadence. Although I have a female friend, I'm always tell her say she's a bad man because. She cussed just like them. <laughs> <laughs> like, my girl, like, she, she have the cadence, though. Like, when she ready for argue with that dip up and mail, this is she just really talk back to back to back to back. I'm say, watch your back man. I should go back to But you know what? I feel like black men who cuss like that, well, black Dominican men specifically who cuss like that, owe something to a particular kind of Jamaican woman. Yes. Because when I, you're seeing the whole, like, the bend over and an elephant frack and the <laughs> hand, like, that's a particular kind of Jamaican woman. True. True. The kind would say, your draw scratch is stiff. Your draw scratch is stiff. Your draw scratch is stiff. Like crackers. That Jamaican woman there. The kind of Jamaican <laughs> woman true. that would be on Ragashanti. Is Ragashanti show? Is that the show? That would be the hat. Yes, but Ragashanti never parade no more. Oh, where is Ragashanti? Where in the world is Ragashanti? We're gone. We have topic now. <laughs> That's okay. <laughs> I don't know. Me no know. I don't know. But that show was iconic. Uh, X News. But anyways, okay. What other word? Oh, Lego Mumot. That's actually one of my favorites. Okay. In the background somewhere. Oh. oh, oh. Yeah, Lego Mamout is one of my favorites. I come for Lego Mamout. <laughs> or when your friend did ask, I bust it, yeah. Bust it. <laughs> so in, in the house, because I love calling out bullshit, I'm known as like a trouble. My mom refers to me as a troublemaker. Or when anybody start complaining about anything that it owes, I just come in on this episode of I come for Lego Mamout. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my gosh. Or when when the put in push me to the edge. I'm a done. I'm like give them what they need forget. I'm a done. You'll always always hear one of them and it's usually Anika. She like her mouth, you know. Well Lego Yabadi when we I know it as when they come for that show today they are party and I'm Going bad, you come for Lego Yabadi. Mm-hmm. Lego Yamota when you come for telling people about themselves. Oh gosh. You know what's interesting? How come right out has become such a popular term, but also how it it means coming out, but it also doesn't mean coming out. Mm. That has become the most fascinating thing. Cause our like uh, come out, uh, why, why I come out so strong? You right. come out strong, like a bag of uh, like, I'll be in this random food line, and me know if me, when I not go out with my antics, when the cashier says, "Oh, you come out so strong today," mm. <laughs> <laughs> like that's such a common experience for me. Like it, that, I mean, I think that has a lot to do with like the Shibadas and the people like that, kind of normalizing the language and um, mainstreaming it. So a lot, a lot of People are using it now to mean, yeah, be a, yeah, be a most authentic self, and that's it. It's kind of great to see how much that has become normalized. But that's also like, isn't that also like a compliment? Because I see when people dress, 
when yeah. people get dressed and they look really good, people say, you come out, do a goodie, you come out strong like a bag of cement or <laughs> something, something of the sort. Yeah. And, and, you know, that's also an interesting conversation, how Battlinger never truly, well, very few Battlinger ever stays as Battlinger. Hmm. Because then, unless it, unless it's so specific to our experience, right. the word like just the use of the word breast because it was a code that we were using essentially for survival, um, that stays that way. But when it's just a word to talk about, just any general experience, it's right. transferable and it finds its way into the mainstream. Because butter people, butter people festive. That's also one of like. Festive. Oh, Inez are festive. I you know. <laughs> I know. I've never heard that. Yeah, Inez, some so sometimes festive yeah. is like, and like I guess like much anything else has like dual meaning. So like festive yeah. could be the atmosphere, the vibe. It could be um, sometimes your outfit. But I've heard people look at a woman and say, "Are we festive?" But I, mean, <laughs> I didn't mean anything good. <laughs> right. But um, it also, but I mean, it's predominantly mess though. It says when some, some, either somebody actress or somebody, some drama, and, mm-hmm. some, and you know, you just grab your popcorn and say, That's always when me use it. Me and my friend, them, like, it's morning, girl. I don't know. I hope it was. Well, me can't say I hope because I don't know what the situation was, but I swear I, I wake up to somebody, I get licked. Mm-hmm. Okay. I up to my live now, so I say, but then again, I guess, I guess it happened. Some loud cussing, and me show me Eric, somebody I get licked. So me got my window now, and I say, well, cool. I'm going to say to my friend, I'm going to open some festive man. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> <That's> so nice. <laughs> I want a man in. No, but open some friends at show. So, yeah, but, and it was so funny because. That one, I think, is... I don't know. That one feels new because I feel like... Or even if it always existed, its use... Like last... Not last, but December 2018 for me. That's when I saw people using it a lot. I don't know what it caused it. Mm-hmm. And, people, and people always use it for talk about Twitter. You know, so Twitter always, always a keep. Right. I mean, I, w- I wanted to pick up on a point that you said earlier about how um, battling doesn't just stay battling but isn't that the case for, you know, the large sum of Black queer production? Because that's the case that they're having in the North American context too. So even the debates about like how, you know, white gay men are out here saying like, yas, queen. Um, Yeah, so many of that comes from like Black queer communities and, you know, it's become a, a, a mainstream, a mainstream thing. So it makes sense that that would happen in the Jamaican context as well. So let's have that conversation because it's always something that's been interesting to me. Do we think that kind of mainstreaming is positive? Do we think that, or do we think that there's some appropriation involved? Or I mean, it really could be both. Mm. So, okay, some people would say it is exclusively appropriation. I think what we don't talk enough about are the kind of power dynamics. Because I do think there's something, I mean, words enter the language all the time, and that's okay. I think the problem that at least Black folks, Black queer folks have is the fact that when these terms or these ideas or these products of culture become mainstream, uh, black folks are evacuated from them and then they circulate in, in other spaces with, with any kind of recognition or even celebration of the black people who made those things possible, you know? So even, I mean, I, I don't think this is necessarily the best example, but even when we think about something like voguing, right? Like Madonna became really popular for, for something like that. It's become this kind of like, you know, big thing in lots of, not just gross spaces, but we still have, you know, poor Latinx and Black people who made that 
like voguing culture possible who are not reaping the same kind of benefits or getting the same kind of recognition for that matter even. So yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I'm not saying that people, and I, and I think pe- people make the same argument when it comes to like stuff like rap or even like black hairstyles. I've heard a number of examples and I'm not saying like only black people can do these things, but I think we, we need to think a little bit more about the kind of like who gets the benefit of the kind of like power dynamics of, of that too. Cause yeah. Anyway, go on. No, I guess, guess what I'm wondering is uh, the question that I, 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 I constantly ask myself is because I do see value in, I guess, mainstreaming, but I guess that only happens if it's not the word, just the word that is mm-hmm. getting into that, that space of acceptance, but also the people that are using it. I mean, if it is like someone is praised for doing box braids, but I don't, I can't get a job for box mm-hmm. braids, but mm-hmm. I can't get a job because I have box braids, then I can see the kinds of anxieties that exist. And I'm wondering if that, that kind of works with the language too. Well, yeah, because then when it's, right, I could see that. Because it's when it's two women, as when, when it's one woman saying to the other, good here, come out, see? Mm-hmm. It's not something that is negative or can be perceived as negative by a third party. Mm-hmm. But when it's a, a gay man or a, two trans women um, who are having that kind of a conversation, I guess how a third party looks at it would be different. So I guess I could see that. Because, and I mean, to, if I could maybe build that example. So let's say you're in the workplace. And I mean, I don't know that this is typically going to be response for, for every place, but let's say, for example, a white gay man is like, oh my God, yes, hunty, twerk the house down boots. It might very well be the case that he is read as just this kind of like, you know, excitable white person who is feeling some, you know, I don't know, gay stereotype stereotype or like or trope and people think it's adorable right if it's a black queer man there might be concerns about like oh you know you aren't really being professional for the workplace or like Mm -hmm. you need to you know comport yourself in a i mean i'm not saying that is will likely be the be the case but there's precedent for that to be a likely kind of scenario but i also want to flag too that um there have been conversations online about and I forget, maybe I'm not going to know the specific order wrong, but there's this whole thing about like a cultural theft, I think is what they were getting at. So we often focus on how white gay men in particular, no wait, hold on, what is it? Is it like white women stealing from white gay men who steal from like black queer men who steal from like black women? And so I'm wondering too how even some uh, black queer production is also informed by like black women specifically and like they also get evacuated in, in a particular kind of way mm-hmm. although i i've always kind of had issue with that that last bit of the chain and mm-hmm. and that's not to say that black queer men aren't don't kind of take on things from black women and don't give them recognition i think that though if if the story is singularly told that way it kind of erases the fact that black women and black women a lot of times are friends Mm-hmm. And as between friends, we come up with these terms, and so there there is exchange, is what I'm saying between For the sure. black woman and the and the black woman. So much that we're taking from each other and giving to each other, and so kind of pinpointing where what starts becomes a bit more complicated. So when we paint that linear picture, um, it's kind of problematic because it says that my black gayness is as a result of me trying to be a black woman, right. which is not the case. It's, it's that I'm feminine, which, which is I have a set of behaviors that society says only belongs to women. Right. But because I have these sets of behaviors, that makes me a good candidate to, have, to be a friend with this other person who is a woman who has these sets of behaviors. And so we click. And so right. we come together and we like... like I think the best example of like that in the Jamaican context is the term due to how. Due to how but was I was gonna print that off, yeah. <laughs> due to how was like this word, this term that everybody started using and that that comes out of a specific context of as far as I can think about is a set of people who were 
art, artists and performers, which do include gay men and women. And them all have the term, and the term spread from that. Wow. I, I could be wrong, read the origin, but I think that was a good example of how these terms can come about. So to then kind of say, this group steals from this group, steals from this group, steals from this group, it, it, it goes in line with the constant kind of American identity politics and the oppression Olympics that they often do to kind of always find the person who is worst off. Right. Which does not always have to be the case, but you can still track that there is a taking and that of what oftentimes happens is that when the black queer men and the black women have come together and created something, the male privilege occurs and the black queer man gets the credit instead of both of them getting the credit, which I can acknowledge. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I agree with everything that you said. And you're right. Like, as I, yeah, and, and I was saying earlier, too, that, you know, exchange happens by virtue of people sharing space, um, being together. But I mean, as you've pointed out, the way that ends up being read or how it affects people, like Black queer men as men are positioned differently, you know, socially, politically, structurally, whatever. And so... It, it, the the benefits and the kinds of like consequences of that kind of um, performance aren't usually the the same. I think is what I was saying. Okay, but let's talk about the duty hall thing because I my memory of it is that the first time I heard that is from Javon and Kareem, who I believe went to some weekend workshop. We sure did. <laughs> and I was like, I love this. <laughs> yeah, we went. To, we went to. Red Cross was having like a peer counselor, peer educators workshop in at some hotel in Montego Bay. And it was just a bunch of black gay men who were brought to kind of, you know, teach us the tools so we could talk about HIV, um, just safer sex practices within the community and so on. And I think that was like my first exposure to like, like constituted exposure to like gay people beyond just F5. And mm-hmm. that's, we went there, we come back with so many different, like, lingos. We come back with due to all, and everything was just due to all <laughs> from then on. Due to all the girls say, and due to all this happened, and due to all this, all and due to all never necessarily was due to all. Due to all. Yep. <laughs> oh, gosh, I used to love that. It died down. I don't know why it died away. Language, but due to mm. all, one of my faves. I mean, I can definitely see what you guys are talking about, because even I was thinking as um, Corner was talking about like levels of acceptability or um, scrutiny as it relates to language use, I think about, and like I said, I police myself a lot. So when I go into spaces, it's not just my blackness that I police, but I'm policing like my queerness. And so I try to avoid the slangs that might be deemed inappropriate in the workplace. So like, yes, or, mm -hmm." but I've been getting, I don't know, courage lately to kind of do that. Even on Twitter, when I'm replying to my academic followers, like I'll use the gif and the memes that use the yes and "Mm mm-hmm, honey, and all those things. Like instead of saying, oh, that's nice, or that's cute, or whatever the case may be. But I also find that I'm also much much easier to be myself with... with the black women that I come across, like I, I could do the yes and the honey and the shade and I could carry on, I could snap my fan and so on and so forth without fear of being like judged or scrutinized for um, being inappropriate. Like just for example, my friend, shout out to Wendy, she just like passed her statistics class and I was helping her with it. And my voice note to her was like, yes queen i'm over here twerking i don't even know if you could see me like we're both in the phd program I'm like yes honey i'm so proud of you we did it blah 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 where i was thinking like if when somebody else i forgot who it was had messaged me about like similar like successes and i was like oh my god that's great <laughs> like still very gay but much more i don't know like it's it's not as out there so i see what you guys mean I mean, Swell always says, uh, Swell wants to like some research on this kind of language as a safe space for us to be able to kind of have those very experiences mm-hmm. um, where we can, you can retreat into that language when you want to be at peace. And I think the best, the best example of it is, I mean, I was saying this to Javen yesterday that being in an interracial relationship makes you very aware of so many things. 
So just like when I was kind of, the, the conversation always ended up being different naturally when I was talking to my partner, who was white at the time, and then around my group of friends. I mean, naturally different given the nature of the relationships, but I'm, all, I'm around all of my black friends, and so there's, there's just no need to translate, right? right? And I think it's the same thing with the, 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 the gay lingo or the bati lingo. You know what I mean? For translate nothing, the girl them understand. The girl them, when, when, when they say a girl bitter, right? Yeah, you forget in sweet. You just know the girl bitter. bitter. <laughs> she bitter bottle. She bitter. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, gosh. Or the other way that bitters use bitter as a verb, the girl bitter, yo. Have you mm-hmm. ever heard that one? Yeah. Mm. I should come for bitter, yo. Yeah. No, I just, I mean, this is like slightly off, off topic, but I think it is relevant to the point we were making earlier about like how uh, black women's, I guess, cultural products are used and potentially exploited. Kareem was talking some, I forget what the specific point was about, you know, online. And I think we were talking about something about tweets or, or memes. Mm-hmm. And I don't want to make this like unnecessarily academic, but there was an article written on my back that talked about the kind of like politics of like gifts and memes and how the way that we use memes and gifts sometimes might be and I mean I need to like do a bit more reading to see how I feel about this but they were they were making an argument that it's a form of digital blackface because I read that one mm. yeah because so many of the the gifts and memes that we well gifts specifically that we default to are usually black people and often black women so like we think about Viola Davis getting up with her purse. Right. We think about Nene Leakes. Right. Anything that Tiffany Pollard does, let's be honest. <laughs> um, and 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 other people. And it's kind mm. of like seen as a as a short form of expressive behavior. And so again, uh, there's a bigger point to be made about like how black women's way of being are, I don't know, co-opted, appropriated for the purposes of like other people. To care, I don't know. I don't know. I don't. I don't know what point I'm necessarily trying to make. But I think there's something there about expressiveness and and culture and uh, the role of Black women in the midst in like producing culture in a particular way that they don't always get credit for. No, I so I read it and I kind of got where it was coming from. I don't. Although of course it can't be. <laughs> I was just kind of wondering. No, I think when I read the article, I think it was kind of more preoccupied with. The white people kind of using it and kind of not getting all of the cultural references mm. that are made, you know. Because when you go for these, I think as black people, when we go for these memes, I know everybody is using reaction pictures. You 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 have proximity to those sets of emotions. You either you've seen it in your life before, so when you're accessing it, when you're accessing it, you're not accessing accessing it because oh, everybody's using it. It's that meme now. Or that you know, that you're using, that everybody's using. It's like, no, girl, I'm feeling exactly what she's feeling. She did it. It made sense to me. I can, I can give you the exact date with that same experience that she had. And I, um, so, I, I guess that's what I was getting from it. But it was still a valid point to be made. I just, I was wondering, what do we do with that? You know. Hmm. I mean, I guess I'm just like wondering. How and why do how and why do black women become the default? I guess I just think that that's like an interesting dynamic that that that, that exists, and I'm not saying it's like like people aren't allowed or or like shouldn't, but like what like how do black women become the the kind of like ideal um, visual for that particular for whichever emotion? I mean, because black women are dope. Period. <laughs> Yeah, but I don't want to put it there because I feel like black culture is big and expressive. Mm-hmm. And I think so bring that back to the comment I made earlier about the kind of that thread of blackness that runs across all different black cultures that exist. Like their black culture is big, loud and expressive mm-hmm. uh, in ways that other cultures aren't. So when it comes on to kind of certain modes of kind of emotions, black culture kind of gets there easier, quicker, and, and oftentimes best um, in terms of that kind of expression. And that's not an excuse for people who don't fully understand where those emotions are coming from um, to just kind of use it in that kind of 
I don't know, I don't know if it, the word is inconsiderate, but kind of use it in the way that you're this, that that the article was describing. But I mean, I, I can see why, and that could be my lens as a black person as well shining through because those sets of those kind of nuances and emotions have been what have been around my entire life. But I, I can get it. But I can, I can also get though within the context of the, of America, within the context of any majority white society, there's this there's this lens that you have to look at. There's this racial lens that as a black person you can never put down mm-hmm. because of how everything works. That we're not gonna lie. We're glad when I really use it as much here in Jamaica, which is one of the things I was grateful to come back to. <laughs> not that we don't have race issues, we do, and colorism issues, we do. It's just that it was it was kind of easy to not like when your friend tells a joke or when your partner tells a joke. I mean, and you just have to kind of double take it. So why you said it like that? Right. Because the race implicates everything, right? It implicates the word choices. It implicates when you what what you kind of decide to point out and but let me not worry about that as much so i can kind of just blissfully enjoy the meaning because my mama's black okay so here's what i'll say you said that black culture is big and expressive i think were the word you use mm-hmm. my question is are women are black women allowed to be big and expressive because again the context and i mean i haven't done like proper research on this, but I, I mean, black women are, I don't know, vilified and degraded for any number of reasons. And most of the, the gifts that are coming to my mind right now that people often default to, the context of that was a kind of defiance of, so like Nene Leakes being like loud and, you know, saying what she said, I was a kind of like I pushing, said. you know, back. Tiffany Pollard. Well, no, 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 they're not that. Somebody watched the season six reunion. Nina, that Nina was on some bullshit that episode. She was telling me about Candy Mother and Candy call her old planet. And as usual, Nina don't want to be held accountable. So she says, I said what I said. So no, and Candy, what Candy said was defiance. Candy said what she said was some bullshit. So, <laughs> what you said was some bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> I see you. We see each other. But that was season seven, girl. <laughs> Back to your point, though, friend. <laughs> no, I'm just saying that, like, black women aren't often allowed to um, engage in this bigness and expression without judgment in the ways that we're using their gifts for, I guess is what I'm saying. But, I mean, oh. I don't want to necessarily but believe it. Yeah. These black women that we're talking about, though, these are black women that have gotten rich off of these forms of expression. Okay. Well, so, valid point about ordinary black women um, who's, who may become reaction pictures, but what about the new elites of the world? She has capitalized on the, the, big, the big boldness of black culture, even if it's done in a minstrel way and we can make that kind of argument, yeah. uh, done for white laughter and, white, and to appease the whites in, in certain ways, although Roa does have a big black following and a big black gay following, she got rich off of it. So... In the end, she wins, and I don't know, that's not an answer, but I feel like at least we can take solace in the fact that at least she's benefiting in the end from the boldness of her character mm-hmm. as an exception to the rule. Okay. I don't know if I would say she wins, but that's fine. That's fine. <laughs> we are putting that same line of argument to other Black lives, so like Black queer men, gay men, as in being able to be loud and expressive without some type of retaliation or... Well, would winning be no retaliation? Sorry? I guess that's... Well, the one thing about the ordinary, not like the Nina Leaks and so on. Like, right. your point about, like, ordinary Black female people not being able to be big and expressive without some type of right. scrutiny. Like, can we apply that line of reasoning to, like, for example, Black gay men who are almost similar in their mannerisms. Cornel, I am so distracted by your hair. Sorry. <laughs> you realize that my own and your own are going with a bag. And- Girl, <laughs> I'm throwing just, throwing a give me like Bob, like <laughs> Karen from HR. <laughs> oh, wow, thank you. I'm fighting, but you know what? Sorry, people, we're on Zoom. And so <laughs> we're like seeing each other and Cornel ear just like give me a nice little side part with a, I'm asymmetric. <laughs> I gotta go asymmetric, Bob. And just for clarification, 
this this is this this seems novel listeners because we don't usually use video so right that's, <laughs> that's the thing oh that was cornell's way of saying my hair always looks this right <laughs> not because they're not seeing it just mean that she doesn't sit <laughs> that's so funny i caught that <laughs> I caught- <laughs> well <laughs> I can't. Oh, one thing I always tell people, I can catch it. <laughs> what about some of the more like contra, not controversial, some of the more like raunchy lingo, but like Corey, I'm paint. <laughs> I don't. Well, paint is paint is American, isn't it? I don't know this. What are you talking about? I think paint is American. So Corey, Jamaican. Because and Corey is Jamaican, but I'd like to highlight that a Corey queen. I think here refers to like a a, um, a gay man who's attracted to like Asian oh and um, South Asian and Indian yeah and Indian men. Okay. Whereas if we call somebody a Cory Queen, because we know that she have a record of being messy in the bedroom. Oh, you you know no Cory um girl. Oh my goodness, that is <laughs> oh that is not. <laughs> Okay, now you get doing curry for me. I'm like, okay. <laughs> how could you have missed that? You've never heard that. I would have never thought to make that connection. <laughs> yeah, but you would have heard paint. Sorry, you heard paint though. No, I don't know that one either. So what? What? What do the Canadians say? Was that supposed to be a Canadian accent? You're so rude. <laughs> no, it wasn't supposed. What are you talking about? <laughs> What are you talking about? <laughs> uh, what do the Canadians say? I don't know. I feel like much of it's, or maybe I'm not like in the scene as much, but I think it would be pretty similar to whatever the Americans say. Which is paint. Which paint. She's okay. a painter, honey. But, 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 but you and your group of friends, y'all talk about it? So y'all don't have any words? Paint? Or like... I need to look this up because y'all haven't explained Like when an accident happens in the bedroom for being polite and generous. Oh. Okay, I don't think I've used... I don't think I've heard that. Um, what do people here say? Mm-mm. I mean, most of the lingo that I'm thinking of right now has to do with tribes. And I think we've, pre- we've spoken previously about all the distinctions between tapping verse top, verse bottom, oral top, blah, 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 already. What else do people say? I don't know. Hey, apparently, well... Well, it never said apparently, because I don't remember this happening, but apparently I once called somebody a blouse and they were mad. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, what? Somebody blouse. I've oh, heard that term. So, like, saying I'm a top. Yeah. But, um, oh, fair so top, I If they don't, so if they don't yeah. fit, like, this, the stereotypical appearance of a top, then somebody said, Mary Love is not a top, is a blouse. <laughs> oh, my <laughs> God. He's not a top, my love is a blouse. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> it makes apparently <laughs> it's a blouse with a pussy bow <laughs> rude I know oh, that was when we were you know you know you really need to watch it because enough things must say I forget and they don't know why people have issues with me hmm. I swear I'm a sweetheart ding oh yeah. I think we have carried on for quite a while that Girl. was and we've gotten all the words on our list. I mean, that we, <laughs> right. Oh, we remember. We didn't even get into, like, mopping legendary, but those are more, like, for the American, North American context. So yeah. if we want, we could always do another episode dedicated to them. But, but I never mentioned oh, well, the one last oh, I remember, I know. I overcooked, we're named the fish tea. Nobody yeah. talk about. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, one thing I remember is people, who is when somebody say, shall long time big man. Oh my god, yes. <laughs> was that person talking about Kareem? Come through this. You know, she beat me though. Oh gosh. But you know, I will say <laughs> that term does make sense for you, dear. I'll own it and I'll stand firm in my truth. Oh, yes. Oh, when you're a girl, I said, yeah, I'm a big man. That's me when I go to New York. I see the New York queens. What's up? What's up, right? I said, I'm a long time, big man. 
Yeah, man, I'm competing, man. I'm fine. I'm gonna argue with girl. Come on, some way, man. So I'm gonna yeah, I'm gonna go with my fan. I'm mean, can't tell me none because my nails them like this. Um, who was it? I went to some little gathering at the other day, and them semi nails and girls, <laughs> girls said, "Come here, nurse." <laughs> <laughs> I mean, because I, I mean, I, this is the most blinged out I've ever had my nails. It's normally just this plain, regular color. And so, them say, I nurse nails, my love, because my nag, she said, yeah, my nails are OTS, and she wants it long with extravagant. No thanks. Me a long time, big man. This is, this is enough for me. Mm-hmm. I run my young girl teams. I'm going to put on long nails all my way, all my clean up. But I mean... <laughs> Oh wow! Okay. Somebody said they wrap the nails, and that's how they. Yeah, that's how you do. You wrap the oh, nails, and then you. I learn from people. <laughs> I don't want nobody. That sounds very really dangerous. That's not. I mean, I don't want to find out. I'm good. <laughs> I am good. So you never. No, that's a conversation for another time, Chad. Mm. <laughs> With something there. We're sure we got over. This was supposed to be a short one. Yeah, short and quick, but we're just laborish and carry on. It's okay. Yeah, this was nice. He's led by the spirit. That's okay. Oh, no, he's a spiritual woman. Hello. (laughs) All right, listeners, thank you. Thank you so much for tuning in once again for the lovable madness that is fish tea. Um, We hope you learned a lot, kind of got a better understanding of Batilingo, and also enjoyed all the other little conversations that we had in between remember to follow us little, remember to follow us at the fish team podcast. <laughs> <laughs> remember to follow us at fish team podcast um on instagram facebook and twitter and to if you want to provide us with feedback you can give it to us at those different pages that i just listed or you can email us at fish team podcast at gmail.com. Stay safe. We know some states are opening opening up in America. I don't know what's happening in Canada. Are they opening opening up um, Cornell? Uh, They are opening, not, they aren't opening up the provinces yet. They are opening up more businesses, but the province as a whole, to my knowledge, is still on lockdown. Mm. Um, So yeah, things are in some spaces opening up, um, but still, you know, stay safe. Do your social distancing. Um, do your sanitization, you know, wipe up, clean up, as I say, wipe it down first. And above all things, stay sophisticated. Bye. Bye. Bye.